You're listening to the Wealthy Woman Lawyer Podcast with Davina Frederick. Hello, and welcome to the Wealthy Woman Lawyer Podcast. Our mission is to provide thought-provoking, powerful, and practical information to help you in creating your own sustainable, wealth-generating law firm without overwork or overwhelm so you can live your best life. I'm your host, Davina Frederick, and I'm here today with Kristen Robinson of Mellon Robinson. Mellon Robinson is a family law firm serving clients in Troy, Michigan and the surrounding area. They are particularly known for their creative solutions to their clients' problems and their for their collaborative approach. Welcome, Kristen. I'm so pleased to have you here today on the Wealthy Woman Lawyer Podcast. Thanks, Davina. I'm, I'm very pleased to be able to be a part of this. Oh, good, good. So I'm excited to get to know more about you. Can you start out by just kind of telling us how your journey to becoming uh, a lawyer and uh, and then ultimately to partnering in your law practice? Sure. Um, I always wanted to be a lawyer. Even when I was a small child, my parents oh, wow. teased, teased me about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, went to law school following my uh, college undergrad education, and I got into family law kind of as a fluke. Uh, I was looking for a full-time clerking position while I was in law school, and I happened to get a job with a very prominent family law attorney in Detroit, Mm -hmm. and I clerked for her for three years, and when I was finished with law school and had graduated, I received an offer to work at a small boutique family law firm because I had worked for this woman um, and learned, you know, trained under her as a clerk. Um, And so I worked at that firm for a short period of time and moved on to another for a little bit bigger firm that where I also did family law. Uh, that's where I met my current business partner. She she and I were doing family law at a larger firm. Uh, we had the opportunity, uh, the, that firm where I met my partner was a prepaid legal services firm, and they represented members of the Carpenters Union in Michigan. Mm-hmm. Well, they decided to stop family law as a part of their plan, as their prepaid plan. So my partner and I, now partner, then coworker, approached them and asked if they would consider referring all of those carpenters to us if we went out on our own and we would do those divorces or family law matters at a reduced rate. Mm-hmm. So that kind of jump-started our client base. Um, although we were, you know, not charging very much, we had a lot of clients right off the bat. Um, right. So I feel so, fortunate that we had that opportunity. So how long have you had your firm now? Uh, 18 years. I've been with my current partner 18 years now. Wow. Wow. So that's some good longevity. Uh, before we go further with that, I want to jump back to when you said that you always wanted to be an attorney that you knew as a child. That uh, what in, who, Was there a person who influenced you? Because, you know, as a child, what are your experience with attorneys? You know, you see right. on TV and you think or right. you read, you read to Kill a Mockingbird or something like that, right? So right. what made you decide that you wanted to be an attorney at such a young um, age? My parents had a good friend who was a judge 
And before mm-hmm. he was a judge, he was an attorney. And he had great stories about his practice and the people that came before him and, you know, how he helped people. And I think that just always appealed to me. And uh, so I just started, uh, you know, I wrote I wrote a book when I was in third grade or something called The Youngest Lawyer, a story, oh, I should say. Wow. Book. <laughs> oh, so, I love it. Yeah, I wish yeah. I wish that I had had such clarity at such a young age. I'm still yeah. trying to figure out what I, who I want to be in life, right? So it's, well, it's wonderful yeah, to have that yeah. kind of clarity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's funny because I never I never thought I would be a family law attorney. I mean, that wasn't right. on my radar. I didn't even know what that was, you know. As, right. And so even in college and and law school, I just assumed I would do something corporate or you know, something related to business. I w- had a double major in business and political science in undergrad. And so I just thought, oh, that's a perfect, I'll go to law school and I can, you know, represent businesses. And um, and really the, the job I took, and I took the job because it was a good paying job and it fit with my schedule, <laughs> yeah. you know. Um, and, and it, yeah, and as it turns out, I think I, just turned out I had a personality well suited for family law. I, I think mm-hmm. it, you know, it's kind of a sometimes can be a tough area of practice. Um, very emotional. Clients need a lot of attention, and you know, not every attorney is well suited for that. But what do you out. think? What do you think it is about your personality that makes you like? What characteristics do you think make you a good family law attorney? I think that I'm a particularly good listener. And Mm -hmm. I think in family law cases, people need to tell their story. And yes, we know as attorneys how oftentimes how things are likely to end up based on a given set of circumstances. And I think there are a lot of attorneys that just want to cut to the chase and tell the client, this is how it's going to go. But I think there's part of that whole divorce process the stage that the client comes to you, it's different. You know, you have people who had no idea their spouse was contemplating divorce and they need to tell their story and they need to grieve. And, and I recognize that. And, you know, it's in, so I think that's part of it. And I think just, just generally taking the position that we're trying to help people get through a difficult time, you know, it's, get these people through this process without, with as little scar tissue as possible. It seems like you're a very compassionate person. Yeah. I think, I think that, I think you're probably right about that. And that probably helps too. Yeah. So tell me about your partnership. You guys have been partners now. You used to work together and you've been partners for 18 years. Um, What, what do you think has been the key to your successful partnership? My partner, her name is Erica. We talk about this a lot. Um, when when we actually left that larger law firm, there were three of us, mm-hmm. and we all worked together, and we all started a firm together. Mm-hmm. And the three of us lasted for two years. And that third partner at the time was not a good fit. Right. And my partner and I, my current partner, we believe that because we had a really terrible experience in the beginning that we appreciate one another. Mm 
we, yeah. you know, yeah. we, we went through kind of this, you know, it's almost a divorce in a business, you know, breaking mm-hmm. up the, that, the three person partnership to pare down to two. And we saw the other side, you know, how it could be. <laughs> and, right. and I, I, I really believe that, you know, we both recognize that we bring different skill sets to the table and we have different personalities. Um, but we respect one another and, uh, it's just, are there actions that you take the two of you take kind of on a regular or consistent basis to make sure that you're still in tune with each other or tapped in or, you know, or in running the firm, do you, or do you got, you know, do you guys divvy up certain things? Do you meet? Do you yes. go to lunch, you know, once a month yes. or do you, what kinds of things do you do? Yes. We actually try to go to lunch once, about once a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, out of the office, away from, we have a small staff, but mm-hmm. we sometimes need to talk about things. And we find that um, trying to do that weekly is better than waiting. Right. Um, you know, because things don't get to be as big of an issue. That's correct. That's correct. Right. Um, so I think that's part of it. And, and, and we've become friends, you know, over the years, um, we're, you know, we're good friends. And so I think that's also a good, um, that's a piece of the puzzle, you know? Yeah. We so like each you, other. Yeah. That's that. Yeah. That's a real, that's really the key, right? For yeah. that long, be together that long. It'd be really hard if you didn't like each other. Right. Um, what do you, so how do you guys kind of divvy up the functions in running the firm and all of that? Do you, do you, do you divvy them up or do you do everything together? Or, no, you know, we, div- do we divvy it up. We, um, she is more interested in the, I, the money side of it in that yeah. she's, we have an accountant and a bookkeeper, but she deals with them. So she's, she's, um, knows about all of that and she's you know handles that she has no interest in marketing or the marketing and advertising Mm -hmm. side of it you know Mm -hmm. so um i i handled that and that was kind of a natural thing it just kind of happened um it's not something we planned on in the beginning but we just both i'm more of a creative type and she's more of a numbers person (laughs) so right right so that works out well yes yes it does yeah. So lucky you, because you hooked up with somebody who loves the numbers. A lot of attorneys I speak with just dealing with and talking about the numbers. So it's really nice when your partner really enjoys that. And, and it is. And yeah. I appreciate it too, because I really don't, I don't, I don't care for it at all. Yeah. You just want to know, are we making money? Right. <laughs> right. right. Uh, so let's talk about the marketing and the rainmaking and stuff like that. I, I noticed that you are a pretty frequent speaker. You've done a lot of speaking. Is that kind of one of your uh, main avenues for marketing or what kinds of things do you do? I, I, yes, I do. I try to take advantage of, you know, every opportunity that comes my way to get out in front of people. So, um, and whether that's the legal community um, or, you know, my community in general. Um, I think it's important to be inv- involved in your community when you can 
I think speaking is is great because you get your you get your you get to tell your um, express your level of expertise, right. and pe- and people learn you know that you know what you're doing, and it I think that increases referrals. Um, but also just getting out in the regular community, you know, volunteering and, um, you know, networking with other business people, um, taking classes, you know, I, I am a big proponent of doing like community ed type things and taking mm-hmm. art classes. And I, I think, I feel like the most successful people know a lot of people. Right. The more the more connections you have, the the more people know about what you do, and you're more likely to get referrals. Which in in our business, that's our primary. Um, the, the how we get our clients is mm-hmm. primarily through referrals. Although we do, you know, of course, we have to have the web presence and the SEO and all that. But um, and and I think when you somebody knows you personally, they're more likely to send you a client and that client is more likely to hire you because you were referred, they were referred to you by somebody who they know and trust. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so you have done something that's kind of um, interesting. It's something I've advised uh, a lot of my clients to do. I think a lot of people get in their mind that if networking means that they have to join some business or leads group or something and go to that every week and that's how they have to network, right? But one of the things that you mentioned was, um, in addition to speaking, is being involved in the community. And you, and then you mentioned even like taking an art class. You know, you don't have to, you don't have to stay in attorney mode and be this, you know, in your suit out at a networking event to meet right. people who can help grow your business, right? Right, right. And I think I find that's even better. I mean, people are. I mean, A, you, you get to meet people, which I love to do, you know, all, mm-hmm. all walks of life. But you're, it's not that forced, you know, right. elevator pitch. Yeah. yeah, you know, um, and, you know, even, even um, like getting to know your neighbors, you know, something as simple as that. You know, mm-hmm. I, many, many years ago, I realized that... Um, I had been telling people that I practiced family law and without an explanation, people, regular people, not attorneys don't, didn't know what that meant. I was getting people calling me, asking me if I could help their kid who was in trouble at school, you know, (laughs) it's their family and you do family law. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Exactly. So I started telling people I was a divorce attorney Mm -hmm. and my husband, we were at a party somewhere and he's like, do you have to tell people you're a divorce attorney? It sounds so harsh. And I, said, I love that. I, I love said, that. I have to, I have like, they have to know, you know, all these, all of these neighbors didn't know exactly what I did. And so, right. but they know what a divorce attorney is. And so when they have a coworker or a family member or somebody who needs a divorce attorney, now they'll know to call me. Right, you know, so right. that was a little like twist in you know, how I, I think that's huge. That's the, that clarity. You know, we often take for granted as attorneys that other people understand all the things that we understand, you know, that, that, and we don't, it's like, we don't give ourselves enough credit for like, for 
the education and the years of experience and all the just this whole different language that we speak. And so when you're out talking with the general public, you have to, you really have to take the attorney speak out of it. And, and, and people don't think that family law is attorney speak, but it really, it really is because how clear, I mean, that's so unclear. You could be in a state planning. You know, a lot of people think of family law as, oh, here's somebody who can write my will, (laughs) you know, and a lot of family law attorneys don't do that. Right. So I love the the clarity of, of that. Um, and helping people really communicate. So it sounds like you're a really uh, good communicator with your with people that you meet and your prospective clients and probably your clients. Yeah, I, I try my best. I mean, I think that's an important aspect, getting people to understand, you know, what I do and that I can help somebody they may know. Right, right. So tell me some of the switching gears a little bit. Let's talk about your growing your team and having your staff and developing your firm over the years, what do you think some of the biggest challenges have been in growing your firm from when you started to where you are now 18 years later? What do you think some of the the, the biggest shifts have been for you? I, I think the biggest challenge is finding the right people who fit in your idea of what you want your firm to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it's hard having a couple of interviews with whether it's a legal assistant or an associate attorney to know when people will be a good fit. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, was the biggest challenge for us is finally getting to the point where it's not just about somebody's education or even experience necessarily, but more about personalities. Mm-hmm. Um, because if, if, if your people in your office can't get along, it's so distracting and right. it, it really brings down morale and then it just has this domino effect. And we found that getting somebody who has a good personality that fits with the rest of the group, it, it's better to train that person than to hire somebody who knows what they're doing, but who can't get along with anyone. Right, so, right. So what kind of processes or procedures did you sort of put in place to help you improve your hiring process to, to get those kinds of people on your team? Really just kind of changing the interview process Um, and following up on uh, references. I mean, kind of digging deep um, and talking to to the references that that, um, potential um, employees brought to the table. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, you're, you're... before I think, oh, I call the last employer, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. but, it, but it, I think, um, you know, got, kind of going down their whole list is, is helpful to hear what people have to say, you know, and even if it's a, not a non, I think lots of times people discount um, non-employer references, but I think those are the, those people tell you about more about the person, you know. Oh, that's um, interesting. Yeah. So. And then just, you know, 
kind of having uh, more interviews and more casual conversation type um, interviews just to kind of get to know somebody Mm -hmm. um, rather than just that in the beginning, we just had this kind of template, you know, and that didn't cut it. Yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. So do you do when you're hiring, um, do you do more than one interview? And do you how do you do that? Do you do phone interviews or video interviews or all in person interviews or group interviews? What kind of things? We start with we start with a phone interview. Mm -hmm. And and then we schedule an interview with with one one myself or my partner. And then Based on how that goes, then we schedule an interview with both of us because mm-hmm. the reality of the situation is they're working for both of us. So, right. And we, my partner and I have a dynamic and, mm-hmm. and this person has to kind of fit into that dynamic. So we, we in, learned that that's kind of a good way to see how, you know, in a potential uh, employee would interact with the two of us and mm-hmm. that's that seemed to be a good uh, method for us. Right, right. So what other kinds of challenges have you had in growing your firm through the years? What do you think has been kind of the most aha moment for you where you were like, oh, wow, I never considered this or never thought of that or, (laughs) you know. So several years ago, um, my partner and I both, we're trained uh, in Michigan. You have to get a 40 hour training to be a certified mediator in domestic relations. Right. And we, we both did that. And, um, it, and it took us a little while to, um, figure out how we were going to transition that into increasing our business or growing our business. And it's, it, it's a totally different, marketing strategy because you're no longer marketing to the general public you're marketing to other family law attorneys right and once we kind of discovered that not that we didn't know that but embraced it i guess it's kind of a a, an untapped market i mean we spend so much time whether it's in court or at local bar functions even continuing education where we are you know, we have this whole um, community of family law attorneys who we know very well, who we have worked with over the last, you know, 20 mm-hmm. years for me, 22 years for my business partner, um, and who we get along with and we enjoy their company and they respect us and we respect them. We needed to learn to ask them to choose us as mediators in their divorce cases. Right. And once we did that, people were happy to choose us. You know, they didn't know, they didn't know that that that's what we were doing and that's where we were going. And since we've flipped that switch, um, that's really been a great addition to our, our firm, uh, adding that mediation piece of it. So did you find, did you find it a challenge? Like I know here, uh, it's the same thing in, in Florida where we have to take that 40 hours, you know, and become certified mediators. Yeah. And one of the challenges that a lot of attorneys I've spoken with uh, who've wanted to transition and do more mediation is that 
people are already working with their favorite mediator. You know, like everybody sure. sort of has their favorites that they like to try to get if they possibly can <laughs> to handle yeah. mediation and stuff. So how would how did you break into that? What did you what did you say to people to get them to try you um, instead of kind of going to their old standbys? So a couple of years ago, we had. Uh, um, Fortuitously for us, we had some uh, our pool of mediators dropped because we had several um, mediators retire, mm-hmm. um, and then that pushed everybody to the mediators that were left, that were kind of the favorites. And 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 you can't get into those people. You can't. You know, you, it takes months and months to get a date for mediation. So right. we we used that to our advantage and said, Hey, listen. Um, you think you're settling your case and your trial date's coming up and you were ordered to go to mediation and you didn't go because you thought you were settled, give us a call. We can get you in. We can get you in next week. We can get you in, you know, quickly. And that, that was the ticket. Um, now that's good advice. Yeah. So, um, and then once it's like, a you know, once, somebody used us or, you know, two lawyers used us and we settled their case, they pick us again, you know? Um, so and you became a favorite. <laughs> yes. No, really. I mean, it's, it's, um, and we're, we're still, there are some family law attorneys and this is probably, you know, not unusual who, who just move their whole practice. That's all they do. They're just right. doing, you know, mediation. That's not, we're not going to do that. So we, we do, um, we try to do, each of us, you know, one or two a week, um, so that we can still maintain our um, litigation practice. Right. Um, but but one of the things that was helpful in when when finally a few years ago, you know, all of this picked picked up and we did start getting more mediations. The cases are still coming in. I mean, we're you know we've been in business a long time, so we still which you know that gives that's an easier you know, when you're hiring, hiring an associate, you have work to give them, you know, mm-hmm. so your associate now has plenty of billable hours because they're picking up the slack and the litigation cases that we don't have time for now because we're spending, you know, a day or two a week strictly dedicated to mediation. So, right. Um, right. That was a nice, um, how, that, how that worked out in, you know, for the business. Right. So do you, what, what, what do you think the difference was for you when you hired your first attorney versus hiring staff? Was that a challenge? Yes. We, we, our first um, attempt at an associate didn't pan out. That mm-hmm. was not, it wasn't a good fit. And so we were a little gun shy after that. Um, right. But when we, we're getting to the point where we really needed somebody. We needed another lawyer. We had to bite the bullet and say, okay, we got to do this, you know, because why turn business away? I mean, we're not going to, as a, you know, we're a small right. firm, whether you're a solo or a small firm, you don't turn business away. You just get busier and busier. Right. Right. So, right. Right. Because you're, I think you're always worried, you know, is the phone going to stop ringing? Um, but I think that, you know, it was just, a, just like I mentioned earlier about, really kind of digging deep and trying to find somebody who we felt had the right personality 
to, um, you know, obviously they have to have skills, but it's not just about skills. There, it has to be, it also has to be a personality thing and it has to be the, te- the right type of person to practice family law as well. I mean, mm-hmm. just for all those reasons I said earlier, you, you know, it's, it's not, it's, it's a different type of client. You're, you're mm-hmm. dealing with people who are at their worst. And so you need somebody who can understand that and, uh, stay calm under pressure. Right. Exactly. Right. So tell me what is next for you? What is your, what are you, I mean, you guys planning on having a, being in business 40 years or you're, you're, you're continuing to grow and uh, expand yeah. the firm? Or? Yeah, I think we would like to expand the firm. Um, as you know, if we can continue to grow our mediation practice um, and hire, you know, another associate and who knows, maybe mm-hmm. another associate. Um, one of the things that we've talked about to do is for all of these years, we've, you know, rented, um, Mm -hmm. office space and we've been throwing around the idea lately of maybe trying to buy a building, Mm -hmm. um, which would kind of be in my mind, that's like the next thing. That's a, you know, another, that's um, a good big goal. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big, that's a, a big goal. And, um, you know, when you look back at all of the, years we've been here and how much we've paid in rent it makes you sick but <laughs> <laughs> i was talking with another uh, uh, uh older attorney and uh man and he was saying that that's really part of your uh retirement scheme as an attorney is to right. buy your building have your building so that when you know when you're ready you could sell that building and right. that's part of your you know that's what we that that's, that's what we talked about. Yeah, right. It's yeah, like another yeah. another level. So that's that's you know I don't know if that'll be a year or two or down the road, but that's um something on the horizon. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And do you got? I mean, you know, it's it's interesting because you're you're definitely growing uh, a traditional firm, and you know a lot of attorneys now are doing virtual or remote working and things like that. But uh, is there, you know, is there is there a draw for you for kind of creating this traditional firm? I mean, I, I imagine you were in, greatly influenced by the same person who influenced you to be an attorney, you know? Yeah, sure. You know, um, we, we've talked about that, you know, with all the technology available and having, you know, whether or not you need to come into the office every day and you don't need to, clients don't know, necessarily need to know where you are when you're talking to right. them. But there's something about the camaraderie, you know, when you're yeah. when you're in the same space and, you know, you have a you have a conundrum that comes up in one of your mm-hmm. cases and being able to walk to the office next door or down the hall and and run it by, you know, another attorney and kind of have have that back and forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think we all enjoy that. So, um, you know, not that's not to say that. We have the one of one of the things that I really love about being self-employed is having the flexibility to go on vacation and and if I need to um, still talk to clients and you know um, so we we can do that obviously um, with remote access and all that that good technology mm-hmm. but there is there is something about um, you know I talk to other you know, there, that's kind of the difference too. 
you know, when you decide, oh, you're going to be a solo, true solo, or you want to have a small firm, you know, I talk, I have friends who are true solos. And that's one of the things that they mention is, you know, having, getting out and talking to other professionals and um, having somebody to bounce ideas off. And so, so I think we probably will always maintain, you know, an actual office and come to work every day and yeah, it's nice to gather. It's nice to gather with people and have work in that shared purpose. So if you're all driven by the mission and excited about it and enjoy what you're doing and all that, it's nice to be able to come together daily and do that. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I think so too. And I think it's good, you know, it's good for making sure we're all on the same page, you know, when we're here every day together and um, we're making changes to our systems or processes and we're all doing it together and it's kind of like we're a team you know right right um before we I, I meant to ask you a question earlier and I forgot uh, we were talking about your speaking earlier and that's you know you, you love getting out in front of people and talking um about family law and you know the practice of law and things like that what, and I meant to ask you, what do you think your secret is for sort of getting speaking engagements? I know a lot of attorneys, not a lot of women law firm owners and women lawyers would love to speak more and they struggle with getting those, you know, cultivating those opportunities. What do you think that you do that sets you apart? I think it's getting involved in, so I, we have a, my Troy, Michigan is in uh, Oakland County and mm-hmm. we have a very active Oakland County Bar Association and it has lots of different committees and you can, you know, there's practice management committees and family law committees and alternative mm-hmm. dispute resolution, getting involved in those types of um, organizations and, mm-hmm. and committees. Those are the places where those speaking engagements come up, you know, mm-hmm. Um, you know, a local, you know, AARP or something wants to uh, have a lawyer talk about something, they contact the Bar Association. So if you're, if you're involved in that, um, then you are, become aware of those types of situations. You know, they're always looking for somebody, it's been my experience, to, to talk, um, to, to speak to a group in in Michigan, we have a um, mandatory state bar association mm-hmm. and we have um, different sections, the family law section. And I um, serve on the family law council um, and that's an elected position. Um, and same thing, it's by being involved in that organization, when something comes up, and somebody needs a speaker, whether it's for continually led or to speak to a group, um, that's who those, the people who are looking for a speaker go to that organization and say, we need somebody. So by being a part of that group, when somebody says, oh, hey, is anybody available to speak on this day at this, uh, you know, we're doing a seminar on family law for new lawyers. Is anybody interested? I sign up, you know. Um, So I think it's a, I think it's twofold. I think you have to get involved 
so that you're in the place where people are looking for speakers. And I think then you have to take Raise your hand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 I think that's great advice. It's great. So before we wrap up here, I just wanted to ask you if you could share, you know, being together with a partner for uh, almost two decades is really an accomplishment. And uh, having your successful firm and and I really uh, congratulate you on that. That's so fabulous. So can you share maybe um, for those women law firm owners who are a little further back on the road and aspire to do what you've done, can you share with them some wisdom or lessons learned or advice that you might have that maybe you wish somebody had told you? Sure. Um, I I think the number one thing would be to take advantage of the wisdom and experience of the other women who have come before you. Mm-hmm. It, it's been my experience that if you reach out and ask a more experienced woman lawyer, she's happy to help. She's happy to, to you know, I, that, I have been, been the recipient of that good advice. And mm-hmm. um, I think people sometimes are afraid. They don't, especially lawyers, I feel like they don't want people to know that they don't know. Right. So they, there's a, a sense of, I don't, I don't want this more experienced lawyer to know that I have a question about A, B, C, or D, but that get rid of that because, you know, whenever I have a, a younger lawyer and, and it really was my experience too, um, as I was, um, coming up and growing my practice, I had um, some really great mentors that were would help me. I, I felt comfortable picking up the phone and calling them and saying, "What do I do about this? <laughs> you know, what, what, you know, how would you handle this? And whether it's a legal related question or a business related question, you know, what, what do you do? How do you go about billing? And what programs are you using? And you know, I really uh, think that women want to help other women, and right. but you got to ask. So, right. um, I, I, you know, that would be my biggest piece of advice: is don't be don't be afraid to talk to somebody who, you know, even even if you, you know, it's just an acquaintance. You know, I I would be happy anytime somebody calls me and says, you know, hey, Kristen you know, I've met you at such and such bar event. And I was just wondering if you could give me a piece of advice. I'm happy to do that. And I think a lot of women lawyers are happy to do that for up and coming women lawyers. Right. Right. I love that. I think that's wonderful advice. And, and you hit the nail on the head when you, when you said, you know, a a lot of younger lawyers or, or less experienced lawyers, you know, like we have to keep, keep up this, uh, persona that we are, you know, bosses and we know everything and what we're right. doing. <laughs> but they don't call it practice of law for nothing. Right. <laughs> you know, so true. There's, so true. there's no way that you can know everything. I mean, I, I, I'm sure next week there'll be a case that comes into your office. You'll be like, oh, I haven't seen that before. <laughs> right. You know, because the facts are always going to be a little bit different. That's or, right. You know. It happens all the time where we're like, oh my gosh, I thought I've seen everything, but right. <laughs> this is new. That's what keeps it interesting though. That's what makes it That's interesting true. and gives you those great stories, you know, like that you admired so much when you were a child, the attorney in your life 
you know, always had these great stories and, and now that's you, right? Right. That's right. That's exactly right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Thank, well, thanks so much for being here today. I've really enjoyed our conversation and I think that our audience is really going to enjoy it too. Um, why don't you tell us how we can find you, find the firm, connect with you if we want to connect with you on social sure. media. Thank you so much for having me. I, I, it's been a pleasure. The easiest way to find me is on our website and that's uh, www.melanrobinson.com. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn and uh, it's just Kristen L. Robinson. Um, those are the probably the easiest ways to to uh, uh, wonderful, wonderful, Kristen. Thanks so much, and uh, I really appreciate you being here. Thank you. The Wealthy Woman Lawyer Podcast is sponsored by Wealthy Woman Lawyer LLC. We help women law firm owners build wealth-generating law firms without overwork and overwhelm so they can reclaim their time and create the lives of their dreams. If you are ready to create more of what you truly desire in your business and your life, then you'll want to sign up for our free training, How to Transform Your Solo Practice into a Seven-Figure Firm with Total Ease. Register at WealthyWomanLawyer.com webinar.